This bumper is brought to you by BurgundyBlog.com. Truth and reason on the Redskins. Hey, it's Brent from Burgundy Blog. It's about 10.30 on Thursday night. This is going to be a bumper about what's going on with the offensive and defensive coordinator positions for the Redskins because in the last, well, two days, I guess, there have been, I can think of at least four big events in terms of hirings and firings. Uh, that are going to have a pretty significant impact on the Redskins, uh, not only for this upcoming season, but possibly for the next few. First of all, today, the Los Angeles Rams um, made Sean McVay the youngest freaking head coach in modern NFL history. Uh, that, of course, has major implications for the Redskins' offense, as he was the offensive coordinator for the last couple of years. So that's a biggie. Uh, number two, yesterday Sean McDermott was hired away from the Panthers to become the new head coach of the Bills. That presumably paves the way for former Panthers defensive backs coach Steve Wilkes, who the Redskins had requested to interview at one point for their defensive coordinator opening, to become the new Panthers defensive coordinator. So Wilkes is probably out. Number three, Anthony Lynn was hired away from the Bills by the L.A. Chargers. That sounds weird, but they are now the L.A. Chargers to be their new head coach. And it is now widely presumed that Gus Bradley, who many people had pegged as the most likely candidate to eventually end up with the Redskins' D.C. job, uh, will become Anthony Lynn's defensive coordinator in L.A. for the Chargers. So Bradley may now be out. And lastly... Uh, this one is dagger town for me, but Wade Phillips, who had been my preference all along for the Redskins defensive coordinator job about four hours ago, um, some news uh, broke that he was uh, planning or intending to come to the D.C. area tomorrow, potentially to discuss the job. Woohoo! And then about three hours after that, or roughly one hour ago now, uh, he did an about face and abruptly signed with the Rams to become Sean McVay's defensive coordinator. So the Redskins have possibly struck out on all of these dudes. So it's a crazy, fluid situation. Uh, If you think you know exactly what's going to happen next, you're a liar. But I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about what I consider to be the major implications of all of those things. Spoiler alert, there are some pluses and some minuses, basically, of all of them. Losing Sean McVay to the Rams uh, hurts uh, a little bit, but it's not devastating, in my opinion. He is, by all accounts, a bright guy, um, has a good understanding of football and of offense in general. I think that he was an asset to the Redskins offense, and as Jay Gruden's top lieutenant for the offense over these last couple of seasons, I think he did a good, probably not amazing job, but a good job Uh, calling plays and leading that offense as they were able to, especially this year, rack up a ton of yards, even though, of course, they uh, left a little bit to be desired in terms of scoring. As a head coach, uh, who knows? Um, Supposedly, he's he's really excellent at relating to players. Um, You know, it seems that he has a way of thinking about the game that probably will lead to um, some degree of success. Uh, I think he certainly made a big score in adding the highly experienced and extremely successful Wade Phillips to be his defensive coordinator, and no doubt um, Phillips will function, I'm sure, as something of an assistant head coach as well, 
uh, which is a real advantage to him in his rookie head coaching gig. I think where the Redskins are going to feel the loss of Sean McVay is that um, it's thought that, that he's sort of the, the, um, the more detail-oriented and the more organized of the offensive coaches, or at least between the two, he and, and Jay Gruden, and that, you know, uh, in some ways he was there as Gruden's right hand to sort of keep things on schedule and maybe take care of some of the little but important things. I don't think that should be understated, but in terms of his influence on the offense, his play calling, and uh, what he brings to sort of the scheme and overall offensive philosophy, I'm not terribly concerned that the Redskins are going to lose a lot in losing McVay because he really was essentially, uh, as far as I can tell, running Gruden's offense, and Gruden, of course, is still here. So, um, you know, I think that they'll be able to probably place a lot of what McVay did along those lines with some of the very experienced guys they have on staff uh, already, including, of course, Bill Callahan, the offensive line genius who has been not only an offensive coordinator um, for multiple NFL teams previously, but also a head coach. Then you've got Matt Cavanaugh, um, who has been credited with a great deal of Kirk Cousins' development over the last couple of years. He's been functioning as Cousins' quarterback coach. Uh, Cavanaugh also has been offensive coordinator for multiple teams in the NFL. And I think between Gruden, Callahan, and Cavanaugh, assuming, of course, that they sort of stay in-house to fill uh, McVay's roles and, and, and to uh, anoint most likely one of those two guys um, as the next official offensive coordinator, I think they'll probably be able to cover for McVay. Um, a really interesting thing that came to my attention today um, from an article written by John Keim with ESPN, who I uh, really respect and who I have no reason to doubt, was a little blurb explaining just how closely McVay um, was involved with Cousins and, and, and specifically in the instruction of Kirk Cousins actually during games that I didn't really, didn't really fully appreciate. And that was um, where Kime mentioned that um, after relaying the play call into Cousins' headset immediately before plays, again, during games, he would often um, tell him, I think was the phrasing that he used, or, or you know, um, recommend, I guess, well, where to go with the ball, who to throw it to. And I thought this was a really interesting note um, regarding a player who's, maybe single biggest flaw or, or something that certainly fans and media are fond of criticizing Cousins for is locking in on, on a target, uh, committing too early to a target. Um, I wonder whoever takes McVeigh's place as the primary play caller, if that kind of thing is still going to be there. And I wonder a little bit whether it's going to help him or hurt him if it disappears. Um, maybe Cousins could actually benefit a little bit from um, slightly less rigid uh, instruction as to who exactly to uh, to target on a given play. By the same token, I guess it would be fair to wonder, um, you know, how much of Cousins' success was therefore attributable to Sean McVay and those pre-snap recommendations, and if that'll affect him as a player um, in McVay's absence. In terms of predictions, I would say right now, um, my guess is that Jay Gruden will go back to calling plays as he did in his first year as head coach. Um, my guess is that Bill Callahan will become the new offensive coordinator officially and that Kavanaugh will remain the quarterback's coach and maybe get some other token title like assistant offensive coordinator or something like that. Um, I don't really see another obvious in-house candidate, especially with the 
what I consider to be a likelihood that Wes Phillips will leave the staff to go join Sean McVay and his dad, Wade, in St. Louis. So to me, it doesn't seem terribly worthwhile to start thinking about uh, candidates to come in um, from outside the Redskins and replace McVay. I think they're going to probably work with what they got. And I think that's fine. All right, let's go to the defense now. Uh, does it feel a little to you like their options are starting to dry up? Kind of feels like that to me. I think it's, it's just, uh, I'm looking at scrolling through my Twitter timeline, and I see that fans are sort of feeling, and, and the uh, local beat guys are all explaining that today is, is a sort of a depressing overall loss of a day for the Redskins. And yeah, that's that's kind of the vibe. I wasn't really huge on Wilkes. I kind of had this feeling that maybe, um, although he's he's obviously highly regarded around the league and had even um, applied for head coaching jobs, um, you know, I, I, part of me just wondered if maybe they were just doing that because a $75 million man, Josh, Josh Norman, loves him from his time in Carolina and, and the idea of, you know, catering potentially so strongly to, uh, to an ego like Josh Norman didn't really appeal to me. Um, you know, that's purely speculation, but in any case, I, I didn't really have too much to go on with Wilkes. Wasn't a huge fan. Not terribly sorry that, that he's now out of the picture. Gus Bradley's an interesting one, and as soon as he was fired by Jacksonville, I was kind of immediately tweeting about, hey, step right up, Gus Bradley. Um, you know, after doing a lot of, of research on him subsequent to that, um, he became sort of like an okay candidate to me. I described him on my podcast as a six. Uh, I think he uh, certainly would have represented an upgrade. And by the way, I, I, I'm speaking uh, about him as if he's a lost cause and he is not officially yet, but I'm presuming now that he's going to follow Anthony Lynn. Um, Bradley took a bad uh, Seahawks defense in Seattle and made it a good one over the course of four years, but that defense continued to absolutely dominate and, in fact, got even a little bit better after he left when Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator under Pete Carroll after him. Uh, Bradley then, as a head coach, kind of flamed out over four years in Jacksonville. I wouldn't really hold that too much against him if he's coming in to be my D.C., um, but just in general, he seems like he has a lot of similarities to Joe Barry. I feel like they were most interested in him because of, of his past connections um, to uh, McLuhan in Seattle, which I guess is fine, but also to Gruden and Bruce Allen in Tampa, which I hate. Um, he's sort of this somewhat younger, fiery, energetic type, which I, I wouldn't hold against him, and I think that's important in terms of relating to guys. And, and you want your defensive coordinator to have some – you know, energy, obviously, but uh, a lot of similarities to, to Joe Barry. Um, and although we have reason to believe from um, the history in Seattle that, that Scott McLuhan is, is fully capable of drafting the appropriate players for a Gus Bradley defense, um, I'm just not positive that his resume screams a home run to me, and especially what I know of his scheme, uh, which involves as the primary pass rusher this Leo position, um, a lot of cover three, a lot of single high safety. Not that the Redskins' current roster offers a ton of awesome parts for any particular scheme, but uh, I think quite a bit of sort of rebuilding, retooling uh, the defense would be absolutely necessary for accommodating what he needs. I wonder a lot if, if all that success that he had in Seattle, which is what has gotten him subsequently a head coaching job and now so much attention uh, as, a, as a defensive coordinator again, was driven more by the generational talents they were able to acquire, including Camp Chancellor Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, among others. That is a popular question about Bradley's defense, which is essentially um, 
at least initially, Pete Carroll's defense is whether or not it, it, it requires elite talent to work. And I think it's a little bit of a gamble to hope or assume that you're going to be able to get it soon. Wade Phillips. <sighs> Wade Phillips is my guy. He's 70. Uh, you do have to wonder how much longer he's going to do it. But he shows no signs of slowing down. His defense, obviously, in Denver was awesome. He has built awesome, badass defenses uh, in just about every stop he's had along his storied career. Uh, I wanted him. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him because it's a pipe dream. Sean McVay punked the Redskins by immediately recruiting uh, this man who I want wanted not only uh, over the last week, but I wanted him two years ago when the Redskins hired Joe Barry instead. I will, of course, understand if somebody who can afford to be as choosy as Wade Phillips obviously can um, had had decided that he wasn't up for such a significant rebuild. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me, um, but I wish the Redskins had found a way to pull that one out. And I think his defense there in L.A. with Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn and some of the talent they have is going to be probably pretty good. And boy, is it going to hurt if when the Redskins visit L.A. to face the Rams this year, Sean McVay and Wade Phillips show them up. Another guy whose name has been coming up is Greg Minuski. He is in the building. Uh, for the past year, he was the outside linebackers coach for the Redskins. He, too, has a lot of experience as a coordinator, I think with three teams, most recently with the Colts for a few years. And I want to say that he's got some connection to Scott McLuhan, maybe from San Francisco in the fairly distant past. Uh, I don't know too terribly much about Minuski other than that his defenses uh, at a couple of those other stops have been sort of mediocre. I've heard from guys at the park now that um, he, he's uh, pleasant to be around. The players seem to respond to him. He certainly coaxed a breakout year out of Trent Murphy, who I had pretty much left for dead. So that speaks, uh, speaks well to his case. Though on the flip side, he presided over a real dud for Preston Smith. Anyway, my sense is that his defenses at other stops have been kind of mediocre for the most part. So I'm not his biggest fan, but, you know, there are some legitimate reasons there why they would consider him. I do tend to think that Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen were probably hoping to make a little bit more of a splash here. This brings me to the last name that is, uh, at this point, still fairly commonly bandied about with respect to this vacancy. Because he has, in fact, already interviewed, and he is not yet accounted for, and that is Mike Pettin. His... Um, visit to Redskins Park and his interview was sort of a surprise. He's not someone that a lot of people had been speculating about previously, but I like him. I like him as a candidate. He, of course, is a um, protege or disciple of the Rex Ryan system of defense. We know that uh, the Ryan family has generated successful 3-4 defenses in the NFL for generations, but Pettin is a guy who, in my research and my reading, I have the distinct impression that he is his own man. I don't just think he is a product of Rex Ryan, or even if he is to some extent, I, I think that he is a strong football mind who would bring to Washington a multiple defense built and suited to disrupt offensive continuity, but simple enough for even his own defense's non-rocket scientists to understand. Uh, I've read a number of quotes uh, about him and by him to suggest that he is um, also very detail-oriented, that he's borderline obsessed with situational football, including red zone, two minutes, third downs. That should be music to all Redskins fans' ears because their defense, and frankly their offense too, 
really sucked in all of those situations this past year, and it was one of the key re- well, all of those collectively were the major reason that they failed to make the playoffs. I've uh, seen and heard the word jaw-dropping used to describe his football knowledge. Also, the guy really just kind of looks like a badass. And I'm not going to lie, that factors into my decision. I think this defense needs a little bit of swagger, a little bit of the edge. I'm not really looking for a rah-rah cheerleader. I'm kind of looking for an ass-kicker, and I think Petten is that. You can read quite a bit about Petten and his coaching style and habits in the book Collision Low Crossers, which was written about the New York Jets during the time he was there. So I think if the Redskins do now end up with Mike Petten, sort of by process of elimination, uh, I'm going to be just fine with that. I like him. I like what he can do with this defense. And I think he would be a quantum upgrade over Joe Barry. All right, I'm going to wrap this because we're now over 15 minutes. And frankly, by the time I hit publish, the team probably will have hired or fired somebody else important anyway. So uh, stay tuned to Burgundy Blog for more as uh, these, uh, these vacancies get filled. I'll keep giving you whatever I've got. This bumper was brought to you, as always, by BurgundyBlog.com. Check me out on Twitter, at BurgundyBlog, or look for my weekly podcast, The Burgundy Blogcast, for more truth and reason on the Redskins.